Lincoln Riley's in California and the dominoes keep falling. I got Parker Thune from OU Insider at 247 Sports here to break it all down from the recruiting angle, his initial reactions, and where Oklahoma goes on their coaching shirts. Search on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation. Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com. To learn more, my name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Parker Thrun, OU Insider, 247 Sports, also 1,494.7, the ref in Norman and Oklahoma City. Parker, how's it going, my friend? Doing fantastic, John. Always a pleasure to join you here. Yeah, are you, are you starting to recover a little bit from the initial shock of Lincoln Riley to USC? Oh, man. I mean, when you talk about the shock factor when it comes to a coaching hire, this was pretty unprecedented, at least in the collegiate ranks, because, and I don't know that this, I, I, I think there's been so much discussion on so many different fronts that we've kind of glossed over the entire conversation. I don't know that we've ever seen anything like this in college football. I don't know that we've ever seen a coach leave a job of this magnitude for another FBS college football job. You see guys occasionally make the jump to the NFL, for instance. But mm-hmm. when, you're at a, when you're at a place like Oklahoma, very rarely do you see a coach move essentially laterally. And that's what this move is for Lincoln Riley. And you know, obviously for him and his family, I suppose it makes sense. Um, you get to go to the beach out in L.A. He's got he's going to have a good chunk of change in his pocket, and he's going to have an administration that uh, – Per his evaluation is incredibly committed to winning, which I don't know if that was his subtle way of throwing shade at the OU administration on the way out. But uh, look, Lincoln Riley at USC, I'll be interested to see how that goes. But I think even more interesting is the conversation surrounding where Oklahoma goes from here. Yeah. And you speak of the unprecedented nature of this move, and it, it still is shocking in that aspect. But just tonight, on Monday night, we get the news that. Uh, Brian Kelly is moving from Notre Dame to LSU and you got another big time power five job, premier traditional power going, you know, a coach going from that one to another one. I I think it's crazy to me that that's, we have two of those moves happening in two days. And it it does speak a little bit to the power of the money because Lincoln Riley is going to be making 12 million a year. Kelly's making 15 million a year going to LSU and all the perks that you spoke about uh, with Lincoln Riley going to USC. I mean, he gets, gets two houses bought that he had in Norman and then a free one in, in California. I mean, that's a lot of perks right there. Yeah, no doubt. And for a guy like Lincoln Riley and the recruiting inroads that he's built out on the West coast, I suppose it makes even more sense in recognition of that. Uh, Look, the reality is that USC job is one of the best jobs in all of college football, maybe the best job in college football, if done right. Right. And that's the important caveat there, because nobody's done it right since Pete Carroll. So it's all going to be there for Lincoln Riley. All he has to do is continue to coach and develop the way that he has his first five years at Oklahoma, where he compiled a 55 and 10 record over those five seasons. So. 
Hook, especially given how well-respected Lincoln Riley is in recruiting circles and how well he connects, particularly with offensive skill position players, I have no doubt he's going to have success at USC and it's going to happen pretty immediately. Yeah, and the pressure's on. They're not going to have a lot of patience for anything other than playoff appearances. Um, you know, it's not going to be one of those things where the conference championship is going to be enough for him there. Uh, as it, I feel like, you know, I don't want to say it was enough, but I feel like people were at least satisfied. Obviously, national championship was was the goal, but I think people kind of got into this 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 uh, this place where, you know, if if we at least win the Big Twelve, we get into the playoff. You know, all bets are off at that point. You kind of know what you're up against when you get into the playoff. I don't know if he's going to be able to say, oh, it's the mighty SEC if he has problems in college football playoff semifinals like he's had at OU. Absolutely. And that's the thing about the Pac-12. There's a give and take there, right, where maybe, sure, you have an easier path to the playoff. And maybe that's what Lincoln Riley was looking for because there was some – uh, there were some rumors floated my way and I don't want to necessarily confirm them as fact because they are just that rumors, but, uh, obviously some rumblings that Lincoln Riley wasn't thrilled with the decision to move to the sec. And the reality about going out West, of the PAC 12 is that you get a guy of Lincoln Riley's stature as a coach and a guy that can assemble a star studded staff and will have an administration that's willing to shell out all the money in the world to build a winner. He's going to have no trouble having success in that conference, but is he ever going to be able to go toe to toe with the SEC powerhouses and the Big Ten powerhouses and even the occasional Big 12 powerhouse? You think about Oklahoma State and that phenomenal defense that they have here in 2021. Is that ever going to be the case once the college football playoff rolls around? Is USC going to be able to build enough of a brand and build enough strength on both sides of the football to be able to match up with the best of the best in college football on an annual basis. Generally, most of those programs that we're talking about in the college football playoff conversation on an annual basis come from SEC territory. So it's going to be Lincoln Riley versus the SEC here. I think that's the dynamic that we're very quickly headed toward in college football because it's becoming increasingly clear that the Clemson dynasty is fading. Mm -hmm. And right now you have no clear lead dog outside of the sec you've got georgia playing really good football and recruiting really well alabama's in absolutely the same boat i think florida has a ton of potential to get there under billy napier and then obviously all eyes are going to be on lincoln riley out at usc but you don't know what you're going to get anymore with the big 12 uh, at least until oklahoma finalizes their coaching hire you don't know what you're going to get moving forward with that program either and hey you look at the big 10 Michigan just beat Ohio State last week. It's essentially yeah. Armageddon in that conference. Yeah, yeah it, all bets are off at this point. You never, you don't know what's what the future holds. And I'm looking forward to that first uh, Oregon USC matchup. Uh, I think uh, some Oklahoma fans are going to be a little bit more forgiving towards the Ducks uh, going into that one. It'll it'll be a quite the dramatic uh, a game day. I think one day because I mean I, I, you look at the Pac-12 and I mean Oregon was supposed to be the team to beat in that one. Utah jumps up and, and nips them, but it, it's a, it's a conference that every couple of years they have a Stanford, you know, kind of coming on strong and, and being a power. They gave Oregon a tough game. It, it's, I don't think it's a guarantee that he goes into that conference and dominates because 
it's just going to raise the game for everybody else. I mean, Oregon is no slouch on the recruiting trail. They're no slouch in the marketing aspect, which has become a strength of Lincoln Riley's as well in his recruiting. And so I don't necessarily think it's a given that things go smoothly for him. Obviously, you know, getting certain recruits, which we'll talk about in the next segment, certain recruits to, to follow him over there are, is going to help a lot. But is he going to be able to build a full, complete team, um, which one could argue he was never able to do at Oklahoma? Is he going to be able to build a complete team at USC? I think that's still one of the questions that is yet to be answered there. Um, kind of what was your just – you know, I know we, we kind of talked through a lot of this, but just your initial reaction to it, you know, what, what did it kind of like leave you feeling as you heard the knees breaking on Sunday afternoon? Absolutely blindsided. And I think that was the prevailing emotion. That was the prevailing feeling for everyone involved in that situation is, oh my goodness, this is real and this is happening because this had come just a few weeks after Lincoln Riley had disavowed any notion that he was looking elsewhere. It had come less than 12 hours after he had stated flatly, I'm not going to be the head coach at LSU. And that was, yeah. that ended up being a very important distinction uh, mm -hmm. in uh, when it all was said and done. But it also came 12 hours after he very obviously told everyone a bold faced lie when he said he and the administration are committed to continuing to work together and are looking out for the good of the program in the long term. And the reality is, I mean, you talk to anybody involved, John, whether media, players, recruits, staff, anybody with a relationship of any sort with Lincoln Riley, nobody knew this was coming. Nobody. He didn't tell the team. He didn't tell the staff. They found out via social media and then immediately were all called into a team meeting where he broke the news to them and then walked out and left. So I think that left a sour taste in a lot of folks' mouths with re regard to how it all went down. I don't think anybody faults Lincoln Riley for taking another job. That's obviously his prerogative. He's got a family with young children. Whatever he feels is best for them, no one's going to fault him for. But I think the manner in which he handled it, especially because his predecessor, Bob Stoops, was so gracious and so intentional in the way that he departed his head coaching role, for the Oklahoma Sooners, I think the way Lincoln Riley went about it left a lot to be desired in the public eye. Yeah, it left a, a, a sour taste in, in the mouths of a lot of Sooners fans, and it's going to take a while, I think, to wash that out because you know it's, it's more than 24 hours removed from it, and I'm not like upset. It's just more like disappointment and still kind of shock, you know, just it it just still surprises me. And if you read the, you know, the LA times report after, you know, it was finalized and, and he became the coach, they indicate in there that he had been, or at least his representation or, and USC have been talking throughout the season. Like this isn't something that just transpired overnight. Now he, they want to make it seem that way. And, you know, this is just all of a new thing and it, it came about suddenly, but I don't know the LA times going to be reporting stuff isn't factual in, you know, something as big of a deal as this one is. No. And it makes so much sense in hindsight, right, John, because the question for so many weeks, so many months even was what on earth is wrong with this Oklahoma football team? And yep. sorry for the timer in the background. I have a shepherd's pie in the oven because <laughs> I'm eating way late tonight, <laughs> but um, the reality is, 
Um, especially given that Lincoln Riley had shifted the entire focus of his offensive skill position recruiting to the West coast Mm -hmm. in the last nine months. I, you know, I don't want to say he knew he was going to end up with a USC job, but I think it was all very convenient how that all worked out. You know, Lincoln Riley, sure. He can make it appear that he's making a big play into some of those West coast powerhouses that Oklahoma hasn't traditionally recruited at, but say USC comes along with a huge offer that just makes his job all the easier mm-hmm. once he gets involved out there uh, in Los Angeles. So man, it's, it's interesting how it's all gone down and you go back to the fact that Oklahoma very conspicuously had something off, something that was off. Everybody could tell something about this program was off. They just weren't playing their best football, and there was no clear answer as to why. Lincoln Riley didn't seem to be calling plays with the same acumen and the same fervence that we're used to seeing him call them. And so I think it answers a lot of questions that we had about why this OU football team was so milk toast in the year 2021. Is Well, I mean, your, your head coach, love it or hate it, Oklahoma's head coach was coaching with one foot out the door for much yeah. of 2021. I think that's fair to assert at this point. Yeah, you can't you can't deny it. And it just they were never as sharp um, as they've been in the, this season. Like they were a sloppy, sloppy football team, and that's one of those things that starts from the top and goes down. You you know, sloppy programs create sloppy teams, and this team just never had it together. They were never succinct on offense, which had been kind of their staple. And I, and I think that third quarter against Oklahoma state just absolutely showed that. Like if you want to look at a microcosm of the season, it's that third quarter into the fourth quarter where they've got a nine point lead, but then they just let it all fall apart on the offensive side of the football. And to me, it, it just, just boggles my mind that, that that's a thing that actually happened that he was, or at least his representation was in, in talks with USC throughout the season while he's trying to coach for, a big 12 title and a spot in the college football playoff. It just, it continues to baffle me, but we got to get the recruiting angle on the other side of this talking with Parker Thune. He's going to give us just kind of the, the feeling he's getting um, on the recruiting trails with both the 2022 and the 2023 class, because the hits keep coming. It's not looking great out there, but Parker will give us an update after I talk to you about NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture. You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, to the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. So head on to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. I also want to talk to you about PrizePix. PrizePix is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. I love it. I know you will too. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the power five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. You can get props on yardage thrown, touchdowns, even interceptions, and you can do mixed sports entries. You can do NFL football, you can do NBA basketball in the same entry. And 
You can do it easy in 60 seconds or less at PrizePix. So go to prizepix.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, or go to your app store and download the app today to get a 100% instant deposit match by using our promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepix.com, daily fantasy made easy. All right. Now, Parker, recruiting is kind of the big thing. We heard it in the the press conference today. That's a, a priority for Bob Stoops. I mean, he said the number one priority is talking to the current players, but also he's getting out on the recruiting trail. He's out there tonight doing what Bob does, and that's you know trying to encourage kids to keep their commitments here. So kind of give me just the general sense of what these kids are feeling uh, in the wake of this news. Yeah, first off, if you're an OU fan, how grateful are you for Bob Stoops right yep. now? Because to have a guy that still nearly five years after his retirement, not only continues to associate himself with the program and is a very vocal public ambassador for the program, but is willing to step in in such a circumstance as this when he's got to be as furious as anybody that his handpicked successor yes. spurned his longtime employer with virtually no notice. So the fact that Bob Stoops is willing and ready to step into this circumstance and be the stopgap for Oklahoma in the midst of turmoil says a ton about his character. And it says all the more about him that he's willing to go out and perform the in-home visits that Lincoln Riley would otherwise have been performing this week as the Sooners attempt to close the book on their 2022 recruiting cycle, which has taken some big hits over the last 24 hours. So, man, Bob Stoops, I'm hesitant to say he's the one holding it all together because obviously DeMarco Murray has been huge since Riley's departure and kind of keeping things uh, locked down with DeAndre Moore and Javante Barnes. Uh, and the rest of his Vegas area guys, uh, the other assistants that are going to stay behind, which I mean, consider this all five guys on the staff that played at Oklahoma are staying in DeMarco Murray, Kale Gundy, Joe John Finley, Brian Odom and Calvin Thibodeau. So that tells you something about just how much sooner pride those guys have. Um, as far as the recruiting goes down the stretch here in 2022, I do not think you've seen your last decommitment. Obviously, you saw Kobe McKenzie decommit. I'm not at all convinced he doesn't end up a Sooner again when it's all said and done because I think Brian Odom is staying on staff, and I think he wants to play for Brian Odom. Uh, You saw Pancake Hunter, Demetrius Hunter, the four-star center out of East Texas, renege on his commitment as well. And then Derek Moore, the four-star defensive lineman out of the Baltimore area. Uh, in that same boat. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Obviously, I think if one of those guys does end up recommitting to Oklahoma, it's Kobe McKenzie, just because he has bled Sooner Crimson ever since he committed to the university in January of 2020. So almost two full years ago. Um, And I think that's where his heart is right now is in Norman. Um, I don't think you've seen the last decommitment. Like I said, I think it's a matter of when, not if, Rayleigh Brown flips to USC to play for Riley. Uh, And there are some other guys as well, just because they feel hurt and they feel lied to. They feel misled by Riley and his staff, and they're not at all thrilled with the way that things have transpired. But at the end of the day, a lot of those kids that were primarily recruited by Brian Odom and DeMarco Murray and Joe John Finley and Cale Gundy and Calvin Thibodeau, they're going to... In general, they're going to ride it out with OU until they have a very 
distinct specific reason not to. And so I don't know that it's going to be a total debacle. I don't know that the house is going to burn down, but I don't think Oklahoma is going to close the year with a top 10 recruiting class. And they were, it was looking for all the world, like they were going to close with a top five class Mm -hmm. uh, when all was said and done on the recruiting trail in 2022. But uh, they're going to have to be content with just taking what they can get here down yeah. the stretch because you're not going to be able to get back in the race for some of those guys. You're just not. And I think it's a clear distinction to make. Like the early signing period is coming, but like national signing day is still a bit of ways. Like there's exactly. time for these kids to kind of sit back and just wait to see who Oklahoma brings in as their next head coach, who the assistants are going to be the positional coaches that they'll be dealing with on a daily basis. And so, you know, like, while we are seeing some decommits now, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that those guys are fully decommitted. I, I talked with one guy, you know, in just in the DM, just basically just trying to encourage him because he, you know, put out there that you know people were coming after him on Twitter for his decommitment. I'm like, hey man, just like do you be you, like do what's best for you. This is a tough situation, and he just kind of basically put it out there. He's like, you know, I, I you know made the decommit, but it's not necessarily meaning I'm I'm gone. I still might come back. So. It's not necessarily over with all of them. I mean, there's certain ones like Ray Brown where it's pretty clear that he's going to be heading that way. And several of the guys in the 2023 class, or at least Malachi Nelson, um, there's a good chance that he's heading uh, to follow Lincoln Riley as well. Um, what's kind of what's your, your best sense on, on that? And with the 2023 guys, we've got DeAndre Moore, who's, who's saying he's committed to DeMarco Murray, which absolutely huge uh, news on that front last night. Uh, but what about, you know, Makai Lemon and Malachi Nelson? Anything you're hearing on that? Yeah, well, uh, I think it's essentially a foregone conclusion that Malachi Nelson is going to end up at USC because the reality is that kid committed to Lincoln Riley and he, well, I shouldn't say he didn't commit to OU because he did, but he committed more to Lincoln Riley than he did to Oklahoma, right. if that makes sense. And so, look, I mean, that's a business decision for him. You can't fault him for wanting to play for the quarterback whisperer, at least at the collegiate level, given that Mal or given that uh, Makai Lemon rather is his teammate. uh, I expect him to flip as well. I've entered a crystal ball to reflect that belief. Uh, You lost Brandon Ennis. You're not getting him back. Uh, Trayon Webb isn't going to be coming to Norman. And so the Sooners are going to have to essentially start from scratch with the 2023 cycle. And the silver lining there is that there's a lot more time to do that. Right. And I do think you're, I do think as long as Joe John Finley is retained on staff, Luke has, isn't going anywhere. Deandre Moore has said he's not going anywhere. And so you've got some guys to build the class around. Both of those guys are top 100 prospects. And both of those guys are well-respected in recruiting circles and have some pull with other guys. Really, Javante Barnes in the 2022 class, he and DeAndre Moore are former teammates, very close friends, and make no mistake, DeAndre Moore's resounding commitment to Oklahoma last night very much means that Javante Barnes is going to continue to heavily consider Oklahoma down the stretch in his recruitment as well. So those it's almost like a symbiotic relationship between those two as it pertains to Oklahoma. So in 2023, I think whoever the new head guy at Oklahoma is, uh, he'll certainly have some time to get things figured out. And once the Sooners do get a chance to stabilize this whole situation, they're going to be just fine. This is a program with enough allure enough history and enough going for them currently that they're still going to be able to recruit at an elite level, regardless of who the next head coach is. Yeah. And you, what, one of the things I'm loving to see right now is the guys that are, are committed 
that are staying committed are getting out there and making it public. Like, Hey, we're still in this. Like you saw Jacob Sexton put out on Twitter, like, Hey, I'm still in it. Like, and let's get everybody that's still in and, and still committed to Oklahoma. Let's all shout it out there. Make sure that everybody knows that this is not falling apart. Like we're part of the solution. We're not leaving and we're not creating more problems. So that was exciting to see. It's, it's cool to see like these guys that, and, and it's like, you know, coach Stoops said, and, and Co- you know, Josie said in, in the press conference, Oklahoma is bigger than one man. It's not just one guy that, that makes or breaks Oklahoma and it's about the players. And I think that that will um, hit home with a lot of players who are considering Oklahoma or who have committed to Oklahoma. Uh, but coming up next, let's talk about the coaching search. It's the big topic of discussion. Might have a guy that we're already uh, leaning to at this point, but nothing is official just yet. Uh, but first, let me talk to you about Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the knowledge of power. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone, so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. And I got to talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online has got you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues its march to the playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And hey, we're still here with Parker and going to be breaking down some of the uh, coaching things going on. Um, so a lot of names that can be considered. It seems like a lot of the, the folks in kind of the fan base and even players that are you know putting things out on social media, a lot of people are really clamoring for Brent Venables. And you kind of hear some whispers, nothing you know, confirmed at this point in time, but what is a guy like Brent Venables who has got a longstanding history with the university of Oklahoma? It's been a while since he's been in Norman, but he's had a lot of success at Clemson. What does a guy like Brent Venables bring to Norman and to the university of Oklahoma? Well, obviously uh, he brings a passion for the university. He was the defensive coordinator there for nine years. I want to say he was on staff for 13 years total. So He's a guy that knows his way around the city of Norman and understands what being the head coach at the University of Oklahoma entails, because let's not forget, there was a point in time at which he was considered the Lincoln Riley before Lincoln Riley was ever Lincoln Riley. Brent Venables was going to be that guy for OU under Bob Stoops. He was the guy that was presumably going to take the reins whenever the time came for Bob Stoops to move on. Now, Obviously, what it ended up happening was, oh, you let Venables walk, brought in Mike Stoops. The rest is history. Mike Stoops gets fired in wholly ignominious fashion, and Brent Venables helps lead Clemson to two national titles. So I think there's a lot of (laughs) 
there's naturally, I think, a lot of regret in OU circles about letting him walk the way that they did. I will say, though, from everything I have heard, Brent Venables is the lead guy for this job. And if it's by the time this gets published, John, if it's not done, I expect it to be very close to done. I'll put it that way, because I've been told that everything is on the table for Brent Venables to be Oklahoma's next head coach. It's just a matter of working out the terms, working out the, uh, the specifics in negotiation. And so if that indeed comes to fruition, and again, everything I've heard indicates that it will, then the question becomes who's the offensive coordinator. Uh Now, a couple names that I've heard, big names, names that mean something in coaching circles are Jeff Lebby, the former Oklahoma student assistant who spent the first five years of his coaching career at Oklahoma and graduated from OU. He's currently the offensive coordinator under, under Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. And then Joe Brady, who was obviously the passing game coordinator for that dynamic LSU offense in 2019, arguably the greatest offense in the history of college football, and is now serving as the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. So you got two potentially huge splashes right there if OU is able to land either one of those guys. I'm not hearing as much buzz for that OC hire yet as I am at this point for the head coach job, which, again – I would tend to believe they're headed in the direction of hiring Brent Venables. So I think you could have your answer on that front very, very soon. But I think we're going to need to wait a little longer to see who the offensive mind that they bring in is because here's the other thing that has to be taken into account. You have got to make a hire that Caleb Williams is satisfied with because he cannot walk. He cannot transfer. If you lose Caleb Williams, you are in deep trouble as a program because That is the best player in college football. If coached properly and if given the right tools and the right situation to succeed. And so he matters more to your program right now than any other single player. And so as long as Oklahoma's OC hire is Caleb Williams and family approved, then I think Caleb Williams stays in Norman. If that's not the case, this situation could get dicey real quick and Spencer Rattler's already in the portal. I've heard he's headed out west, though not to USC. And so if Caleb Williams follows suit and he's out the door within the next couple weeks, then, man, things do not look good for this Oklahoma program heading into 2021 because then you are left quite literally without a scholarship quarterback. And you have to figure that out either with a late signing or via the transfer portal in the span of probably no more than seven or eight weeks. In addition to filling all the other inevitable holes that you're going to encounter on your roster with the attrition via the transfer portal and losing commitments from guys that would have otherwise factored into your numbers. Yeah. It's it. They're already seeing the transfer portal have a big impact. You said Spencer Rattler, Jaden Hazel with DOEs already entered as well. We haven't heard anything else from the wide receiver room, but if they have another uh, loss on that front, that'd be really devastating to that depth that came into the 2021 season as probably one of the strengths of the team that kind of struggled to materialize at times. If they lose another guy out of that room, that that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty hard for them to overcome. It's, it's, Man, so many more dominoes in this thing to fall. You know, you're right. You got to get that offensive coordinator, or you got to get that head coach hire 
right? If it's Brent Venables, I think that goes a long way to maybe, you know, reassuring a Kobe McKenzie, like, Hey, come on to Norman. And, and well, and I will interject here, John, because I think the other important thing is that you bring a guy like Brent Venables onto the staff he can keep everybody there, right? He yeah. can keep all the assistants that have stayed yep. behind on staff and build around them. Whereas yep. if you bring in somebody who's a legitimate outsider, because obviously Brent Venables has an extensive history at the University of Oklahoma. If you bring in somebody that's an outsider and has designs on bringing in their own staff yeah. two weeks before early signing day, that is a recipe for abject disaster on the recruiting trail. So the fact that they have the potential to bring in a guy who is so well-respected and has been so successful over the years as a coach, but not only that, a guy that has connections to the program, has connections to many of these assistants. Well, actually, now that I think about it, all of these assistants yeah. and can keep them in town and keep them kind of committed to the same vision and keep their recruits committed to that same vision, then that is a win all around for Oklahoma. It does not get any better than that. No, it doesn't. And the one thing that I kind of just, as I, as I think of Brent Venable defenses, I think of the interior defensive line and just the dudes that he's able to recruit and develop. And, you know, I think of like a Christian Wilkins, from Clemson a few years back, that guy was just a beast in the middle, just dominating things. And, and while, you know, Jalen Redmond and Perron Winfrey were great at times, there were times where they just didn't really plug up the hole as well as you'd liked uh, in the run game. And that was something Clemson was very, very good at under Brent Venables there. So man, it's going to be very fascinating to see how this all plays out. Parker, it's always great to talk to you and, and get your insight, especially, uh, um, well, of course, all things Oklahoma, but on the recruiting front as well. Uh, we'll have to check back with you as early signing period approaches. Um, but make sure you all go check out Parker's work at OU Insider at 247 Sports. Make sure you listen to him on 1400 The Ref in Norman and 94.7 The Ref in Oklahoma City. Follow him on Twitter at Parker Thune. Parker, again, thank you so much for joining the show. Absolutely, John. Take care. We'll do it again. That's right. Hey, and thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Make sure you go follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and check out the show now on YouTube at Locked On Sooners as well. Available on any podcast platform that you can think of. Make sure you subscribe and like the show. Until we talk tomorrow where we continue to unpack the Lincoln Riley saga, maybe we'll have a, a new head coach to talk about on tomorrow's show. Uh, I'm John Williams. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>